doing uh, the various Balei Tshuva in Tanakh and in Midrashim. Now, we're going to start this week with Yehuda, who had Tshuva over the story of Tomar, uh, which actually, just to mention that the story of Tomar wasn't even really a sin, because whatever he did, it says that Hashem took away his free choice and made him do it. But from Yehuda's perspective, he did Tshuva because he thought he did the wrong thing. He didn't realize that it says Rashi brings on Sotka me many, me many, me many, that this was all planned by Hashem. So there is a Gemara in Saita concerning Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Shimon Chasida, Yosef Shekidishim Shemayim Baseser. Yosef made a private Kiddush Hashem when he was tempted to have a relationship with Petifar's wife and he resisted. So he made a private Kiddush Hashem. Yosef merited and had one letter of Hashem's name added to him. A testimony in Yehosef. When Yosef, his name had been Yehosef, and then when he resisted the story with Petifar's wife, his name was switched to Yehosef. Yehuda, Yehuda made a public Kiddush Hashem because this that Yehuda admitted that he is the one who made Tamar pregnant was done publicly. Yehuda merited to be called totally on the name of Hashem. When Yehuda admitted that it was he that made Tamar pregnant, the Omar, and he said, Sotka, she is righteous. Me, many, it is from me that she is pregnant. Yotza Baskel the Omra, heavenly voice came out and said, You saved Tamar and her two twins because Tamar was pregnant with twins at the time. Peretz and Zerach, you saved them from the fire. Chayecha, by your life, I swear. Shani Matzel, B'schuscha, Shleisha, Bonecha, Minor. Three of your descendants will be saved from fire. Man Ninu, who were these? Hananya, Mishal, Avazaria, three of Yehuda's descendants who were thrown into the fire because they refused to bow to idols, and they were all three saved from the fire. And this was in the merit of Yehuda's Teshuva. So we see here the greatness of Teshuva. There is a Medrash, Rabba, Shmais Rabba. Who discusses why was the crown of kingdom given to Yehuda? David and Mashiach are all descendants of Yehuda. He's not necessarily the only one strong. And Levi were very strong. They killed the whole city of Shechem. And the others were strong. And yet, kings were destined to be from Yehuda. Why? Yehuda did Teshuvah and he judged Tamar correctly. Yehuda had a personal incentive to deny what he did, and he could have had Tamar punished because she was being accused of adultery, because she was his, um, Tamar was his daughter in law waiting for Yibam, and she was a Baskayan and she became pregnant. But Yehuda was the one who made her pregnant, and Yehuda admitted. Because Yehuda had the inner strength to confess when it wasn't didn't make him popular. 
Because of this, he became the judge of the whole world. There's a parable here. There's a judge that had a judgment of an orphan girl. And he gave her merit. He made her win the case, even though it's very easy. The orphans don't have anybody on their side, so it's very easy to side with the popular people. Yehuda had the judgment. He was in charge of the case of what to do with Tamar, and it was to his incentive to judge wrongly, and yet he did the right thing. And he made her meritorious because he found her a merit. At that time, when Yehuda made this judgment, it was a very unpopular thing to do. Yitzchak was there, Yaakov was there, all the brothers were there, and they were all certain that Yehuda is innocent and Tamar is guilty. Yitzchak was sitting there, Yaakov was sitting there, and all his brothers were sitting here, and they all believed in Yehuda, and they were all certain that Tamar is guilty. They were all covering up. But Yehuda recognized Hashem. And he admitted the truth. And he said, She is righteous. Many it is from me. I am the one who made Tamar pregnant. And Yehuda owned up and he did Teshuvah. He admitted. He confessed. Because of this, Hashem made him the prince, the leader of the Jewish people. And he would explain these psukim. Because you chose to do something embarrassing in this world and you owned up when it wasn't the popular thing to do. It was embarrassing to own up. Because of this, you won't have to be embarrassed before Hashem in the world to come. That Hashem is a consuming fire. So this, that yes, it's true you suffered some embarrassment when you owned up. But embarrassment in this world is nothing. It is the embarrassment of what's in the future. And you be by Owning up and telling the truth here, even though it was embarrassing, you saved yourself in Olam Abba. Yehuda merits to be the king. Shenemar, Alzois Yispalo Kol Lecha. Every Chosid davens to you that ultimately they should be in the right spot. And Yehuda merits by his owning up, by his teshuva, to to eventually be in the right spot. Now, the next we're going to do a little bit of out of order, and there is of the most amazing Balei Tshuva we have, Jewish rebels that inspired when Yitzchak blessed Yaakov. And this is based on a famous story in Chumash and an amazing Medrash, and an amazing two Tshuva stories. By Yoimer Eilov, it says, when Yitzchak wanted to bless his son and he told Esau to go and do some hunting, and Yaakov, Rivka tells Yaakov, to take to put on Esau's clothing, and Yaakov shows up. By his father said, please come close, and kiss me, my son. By and Yaakov came close, and Yitzchak thinks he's kissing Esau. By and he kissed him. By and he smelled 
the smell of his garments and he blessed him. Which Rashi says that when Yaakov walked in, he smelled the smell of Ganeidim. And Yitzchak says, see the smell of my son, like the smell of a field, so the way Rashi learns is that Yaakov walks in and Yitzchak smells the smell of Ganeidim. There is, however, a Medrash Rabbah that says, the word begodov, beged is a garment, is like the Hebrew word boged, a rebel. And the Medrash Rabbah brings, he smelled the smell of his garments. There were two terrible, wicked people who would become, come from Yaakov. Yosef Mishisa and Yaakov Mishsreides. And these were both very wicked people who did teshuva the last minute. And it was in the merit of the teshuva, these two wicked people, that Yaakov merited to get that bracha. Every might say Shabbos when we say the Yitin Lepa, and we say together with a custom to say with another Jew, and we bless each other, and we give each other the blessings that Hashem gave Yaakov. Why did Yaakov merit these blessings? Because of two evil descendants of his who did Teshuvah the last moment. And these two people are Yosef Mishisa and Yoko Mishtreides. And here the Medrash goes on to tell two amazing Teshuvah stories. Not well known. Who is Yosef Mishisa? The story of Yosef Mishisa. When the enemies wanted to enter the Harabais to destroy the base Hamikdash, and they were frightened. What are we going to enter into the Harabais, the base Hamikdash? Amru, Before we risk entering into the Harabais, let's get a Jew to enter first. Hamarin lay and they told him, all go in. They told this Jew, Yosef Mishisa, you enter the base Hamikdash. We want to see what's going to happen. And any treasure you want, you could take. Nichnas, this Yosef Mishisa, enter the Beis Hamikdash. And what does he find? Menoir Shalzov. He finds a menoir of pure gold. It weighed a core of gold astronomically. This menoir, if the value of its gold was astronomical. Anyway, they didn't expect him to come up with such a treasure. Omrulai, they told Yosef Mishisa, a regular person cannot use this valuable menorah. This go a second time. This we're giving to the king. Whatever you take out is yours. Yosef Mishisa refused to go in a second time. He says, I refuse. I got this menorah. Amara Pinchas. We are giving you an option that all the tax that Rome collects the next three years will be yours. Just give up the menorah. He refused to accept. He says, I'm not going in again. Isn't it enough that I angered my God one time? You want me to anger God Hashem another time? So Yosef Mishisa, after he had gone into the Heichel and taken out the Menorah, and he's pressured to go in again, and they're promising him three years, all the tax that Rome collects. 
or that bubble connect, connects, whichever one it is. And he refuses. They put him on a carpenter's table where they cut wood. And they started chopping up this Yosef Mishisa bit by bit. And they said, Yosef, either you go in again or we chop you in bits. And this Yosef Mishisa, he was screaming to the last moment of his life. And he says, Vai, oi, vai, oi, oi, whoa, whoa. I angered my creator. So this Yosef Mishisa had been a wicked person. He was a Jew who had been willing to be the first to enter the Beis HaMikdash and took the Holy Menorah. And then he did Teshuvah. And in the merit of the Teshuvah of this Yosef Mishisa, that's why Yaakov Avinu merited to get the bracha of the Yitin Lecha, which we say every Maitzah Shabbos. Then we have another wicked person who did Teshuvah the last moment. And again, these are both called Vayorach Hasreach Begodav Boigdav. In Hebrew, you have the word Bogade, which is a rebel. The Yakum Ish He was the other rebel who did Teshuvah the last minute. He was ben achaisai shel rabbi yoisi ben yoyezer ish tzereido. He was the nephew of rabbi yoisi ben yoyezer ish tzereido. Just to put in historical, who was yoisi ben yoyezer ish tzereido? He is mentioned in Pirkei Avos, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Dalid. And the story of yoisi ben yoyezer, who he is as follows. In the time of the second Beis Hamikdash, first was under Persian rule, then under Greek rule, the, um, there was no king. So the head of the Jewish people were led by a Kayan Gadol. Then the Hellenists started paying money for the position of Kayan Gadol. And with the Chachamim lost respect for the Kayan Gadol. So they decided that the Sanhedrin, instead of having 71 judges with one leader, they would have two leaders of the Sanhedrin. One would have the title Nasi, and he would be the political leader of the Jewish people, but he'd be someone who the Chachamim respect. And the other one would have the title Avbezdin, which if you look in Pirkei Avis, Perek Aleph, and similarly, if you look in Chagiga, Perek Aleph, you will have five Zugais. The first of the Zugais was Yaisi ben Yezer and Yaisi ben Yechanan. Yaisi ben Yezer was the Nasi, and Yaisi ben Yechanan was the Avbezdin. Then you have um, Yeshua ben Prachia and Nitehar Bailey, the second of the Zugais. Again, Yeshua ben Prachia, the Nasi, Nitehar Bailey, the Avbezdin. Then you have Yehuda ben Tabai as the Nasi, Shimon ben Shatak, the Avbezdin. Shmaya as the Nasi, Aftalian, the Avbezdin. And Hillel, the Shammai, Hillel, the Nasi. Shammai, the Avbezdin. And then it was decided that because Hillel was so great, the position of Nasi was given to Hillel's descendants as a hereditary position. Yaisi ben Yehazar was the first of these Nasim. Now at that time, there was tremendous resentment by the Greeks over this position of Nasi because they had been selling the Kohuna Gedoyla and the Nasi is a rival to the... Anyway, they decided to kill Yaisi ben Yehazar. Yaisi ben Yehazar has a nephew named Yaakum Ishtreides, Ben Achaisai Shalab Yaisi Ben Yehazar Ishtreides, 
who was the Kayan Gadol and the, who was a Kayan and a Nasi. This Yakum Ishtrayda, he's the nephew of Yaisi ben Yoyer, was riding a horse on Shabbos. He was one of, together with the Greek group, that were going to put his uncle Yaisi ben Yezer to death. And he was Rachiv Susya Bishabata. He was riding a horse on Shabbos. Azel Kamei Sharoisa. He went in front of the Kaira, the beam, limits to to crucify him, either to put him to death or to have him. Yaisi ben Yezer was going to be killed or hung. And Yakum Israelis is going with the Greeks. And Yaakum Israeli says, Uncle Yaisi, Uncle Yossi, look at the difference. Yaakum, his last words to his uncle, and he asks him a philosophical question. He says, look what's happening. You did everything right. I did everything wrong. Look what's happening to you. Look what's happening to me. Look at the horse that my master gave me. I served the Greeks. And I'm having a good life. Your master, Hashem, you've been dedicated to Hashem. And look what kind of horse he's giving you. He's putting you to death with a miserable death. So basically, Uncle Yossi, what's going on here? You did everything right and terrible. I did everything wrong and it's wonderful. Omar Lois, Uncle Yossi ben Yezer tells his nephew, nephew Yoko Mishtroides, im lemachis of ka. If Hashem gives you who angered Hashem, and yet you have so much reward and so much wealth, imagine how much is in store for me who have done the right thing. Omar he asks him, Is there anybody who does Hashem's will more than you? You're the tzaddik of the generation, and you're being about to be killed with a miserable death. Amar Lai's uncle Yaisi ben Yezer tells nephew Yakum Ishtrayis. He tells him, "Im If those who do the will of Hashem, you, I've done the will of Hashem, and yet I'm getting this punishment. Imagine Kavachemer Imagine what's in store for you, who have angered Hashem." As they were discussing this, and the whole time, the nephew Yakum Ishtrayis is on the side of the Greeks, and suddenly it hit him. He had a, he had a thought of teshuva. The message entered him. Like the poison of a scorpion, which suddenly transforms the person. And this, Yaakov Mishraides decided that, yes, my uncle is right. I have been an evil person. I have led an evil life. I've did terrible things. I have done sins for which it is punishable by the Arba Misais Bezdin. There are four deaths that the Bezdin gives a person who does certain Avedis. They are skila, stoning, sreifa, burning, headache, killing by the sword, headache, strangling. And he says, Yaakum says, nephew Yaakum says, I am guilty of various crimes that are punishable by skila, stoning, sreifa, burning, headache, killing by the sword, headache, strangling. He went and fulfilled in himself. This Yakumish Troides, the nephew, went and committed suicide in a way that he ended up getting all four Mises Bezdin, meaning that if it's a punishment for his sins. And the Medrash gives the exact details how he did all four of them in one go, which I'm not really going to go through the details, 
If you want to see the details, you can find it in Medrashaba Parshat Teoldis on the words Vayara Esreach Begodov. Anyway, in short, did he set up a wood with a fence of stones and he put a sword in between and he lit the fire under the wood and he hung himself on the beam and then he was strangled and then the fire burned him and the strings ripped and he fell into the fire and then a sword killed him just at that moment. So he ended up killing with all four, having been killed with all the Dalad Mises Bezin. As this is happening, and Yoisi ben Yoyezer, the uncle, was on his way being led to death. Nisnam name Yoisi ben Yoyezer Ishtreda. Yoisi ben Yoyezer Ishtreda suddenly fell asleep and started daydreaming, night dreaming. And he sees his nephew's bed is being carried in the air straight to Ganeiden by Malachim. Omar, so Yoisi ben Yoyezer says, Bishaw Kalok Hidmani Zelaganeiden. My nephew, I spent my life doing mitzvahs. My nephew was the most evil of people. And yet, in one moment, he transformed his whole life. He did teshuva. And in one moment, he achieved that he's going straight to Ganeiden. So here is an amazing teshuva story, which we mention this every, this is connected to Maitzi Shabbos, to the Burachas of the Yitzhan Lecha, which is in merit of these two people, Yaakov Mishtreides and uh, Yosef Mishisa, who did Teshuvah the last minute. Now we're going to go out of chronological order because I want to make sure to get to certain Bali Teshuvah, this very special ones. Yoishi Yahu is one of the most special Bali Teshuvah. We actually mention in, uh, I thought I copied the Pasuk, but I don't see it right now. But there is a, uh, okay. No, I don't see it this second, if I copied it or not. No, I don't see it. So Yeshiyahu, there is actually a Pasuk, which we read in the Haftoida of the first, of the second day of Pesach, where we read that Yeshiyahu, Kamayu lehoya melech, asher shav l'ashem, there had never been a king as great as Yeshio who did Teshuva with all his heart and soul and might. No king before him is great and no king after him. Now, when you say that Yeshiyahu is the greatest Baal Teshuva, does that mean he was a terrible person who did Teshuva? Or maybe he was a good person who did Teshuva? It says in Zayar, Asid HaKadosh Baruch Hashem will get the tzaddikim to do teshuva. So we have in Gemara Shabbos, we, we have two opinions as to whether Yeshiyahu was an evil person who did teshuva the last minute, or he was a good person and did teshuva. And we have if somebody says because Yeshiyahu is the greatest Baal Shuvah, if you think he's sinned, you're making a mistake. Because it says before that, he did good in the eyes of Hashem. He went in the ways of David. So he was always a good guy. If he was always a good guy, what is the meaning of his Shuvah? What do I do with the Pasek? 
There was never a king like him who did teshuva like him. It means that any din that Yeshiyahu judged from age eight until 18 years, because Yeshiyahu became king at age eight. And the story where Yeshiyahu did a renovation of the Beis HaMikdash, and they found the Sefer Torah on top of the Nidbach, on top of a pile of stones. And it was the Sefer Torah of Meish Abenu. And they opened it and it says, Hashem is taking you and your king to Golos. And because of this, Yeshiyahu was inspired to do a major teshuva, and he made a massive carbon Pesach, which he sponsored carbon Pesach for everyone, which the Pesach that Yeshiyahu made was the most uh, attended in Jewish history. We read that Pesach story on the second day of Pesach, but the teshuva of Yeshiyahu is not because he sinned. He never sinned. But what he did was, Yeshiyahu had been a judge for 18 years. And he started judging at age eight. And who knows if he judged correct? He had records of all his court cases and all his legal judgments of the last 18 years. And he retested all of them. Maybe he made a mistake. Now, Shema Taimar, not Talmizev, not Talmizev, you may think he took from this one. Talmud with all his money. He gave his own money. If he felt he judged wrong, he paid from the royal treasure from his own personal money to all the people that he felt he didn't judge properly. And that is the amazing Teshuvah of Yeshio, but not to say that he ever did an Abedah. Then the Gemara says, and if Shmuel bar Nachmani, who says that Yeshiyahu never really did an Aveda, argues with Rav, because Rav says, The greatest Baal in Jewish history is the Yeshiyahu in his generation, which the greatest Baal implies that he had done something wrong. And then there's Echad B'dayreinu, there's somebody in our generation, says Rav, who's an amazing Baal Abba, the father of Yirmiya bar Abba, and others say, because we say that Rabbi Abba and Acha were brothers, so one of them is the best. And Omar there's another Balchuva in our generation. Rav Yosef says, in our generation, we got the biggest Balchuva in Jewish history. Umanu, who is this biggest Balchuva? It's Ukva Barnechemia, who is the Reish Galusa. He is the head of the Babylonian exile. He's the Reish Galusa. His name is Ukfa Bar And he is the most amazing Balchuva. He is called because of his Teshuva. He is called Nason Tzutzisa. We'll soon find out why he's called Nason Tzutzisa. Rav Yosef says, I was once in a Pirka, I was once giving a shear. I fell asleep during the shear. I saw in a dream the kaposhit yode that a malach stretched out his hand. I saw in my dream that a malach stretched out his hand and accepted him. I'm just looking for some of the things I put in here, which I don't see. I thought I had them, but I don't see it right now. Okay, there is still on this, I don't, oh, here. I have here more. I put it more later. 
on this idea of Noson Tzutziso. He has over here, uh, Rav Yosef dreamt and he saw that they stretched out his hand and accepted him. Rashi brings Noson the Tzutziso. Why is he called Noson Tzutziso? Out shame the Tzutzin the Nudo. There were fiery sparks. Shahamalech Poshat es Rav Yosef saw in his dream that the Malach stretched out his hand and accepted the tshuva of this ukva barnechem galusa, and that's why he's called Nason Tzutzisa, because this sparks of fire with which the Malach accepted his tshuva. That's one explanation why he's called Tzutzisa. Another explanation the Kirashi brings, Mishnachrina, that so the first shot is Sutsisa, is sparks of fire. And there were sparks of fire from his teshuva. The other shot Rashi brings, that Sutsisa is from the word Sitsis, which is the hair of his head, Al Rav Yosef saw in his dream that the Malach held him with the hair of his head. So all we know so far is that there's this amazing Reish Galusa, the head of the Babylonian exile. His name is Ukva Barnechemya, and he's the most amazing Balchuvah. We have no idea what it's about. There's another Gemara in Sanhedrin that mentions him. Very little on him. The Gemara Sanhedrin, Lamar Aleph Ahmed Bey says, they sent a message to Le Marukva, Kibarbasya. A message to the one who shines like Barbasia. What's Barbasia? Basia was the name of the Egyptian princess who saved Moshe Rabbeinu, which, by the way, talking about Balei Tshuva, this Basia, Basparoi, she had been going to bathe and wash herself from the idolatry of her father. She is also one of the most amazing Balei Tshuva, and she is mentioned of the seven or eight or nine people who went into Ganeidon alive, Pari's daughter, who saved Moshe Rabbeinu. Actually, the Medrash mentions that Moshe Rabbeinu had 10 names, and of all the 10 names, it's the name that Basia, the Egyptian princess, gave him that stuck because Chavivin Hagedim, Hashem loves converts, specifically sincere converts who did sincere tshuva like Basia Bas Pari. Anyway, so they sent Marukva a letter, which I'm not going through the details of the letter. And it says to, Mar to the man whose face shines, Maisha Rabbeinu, it says in Chumash, that after the Chet Ha'egel, Maisha's face was shining. He needed a mask because people couldn't look at his face. And Marukva, the Reish Galusa's face also shined. Now, why did Marukva have this amazing shine? So there's a Rashi in Sanhedrin, Lamar Aleph, that says, I found in a Sefer Agoda that Marukva was about Shuvah. And here is the story that Rashi brings of Marukva's Shuvah. Marukva, and Marukva was the Reish Galus, he was a very wealthy man. He once put his eye on a certain woman, he had a big love, a big desire for a certain woman. He got sick from the desire to this woman. This woman was a married woman. One day this woman needed money. Marukva had lots of money. She came to him for a loan. He says, you want to borrow money? I charge a price. 
you have an, uh, an appointment with me. We'll have a bit of relations together and then I'll lend you the money. She was so desperate for the loan. She agreed, yes, she will have a relation with him, a prohibited relation. Suddenly, Marukfa realizes, and this woman is agreed. And he says, what's going on? What am I, a yidin? I'm going to have a relation with a married woman. He captured his yitzhara. He says, no, I am not going to be an evil person. I am not going to listen to my yitzhara. He sent her away, gave her the money, and he asked nothing in return. As soon as he did this, because of this amazing teshuva, because he had such a burning desire to this woman that he got sick from it. And now he, she was available to him and she was ready because she needed the money. And he sent her and he didn't touch her. And because of this vinisrape, he was totally healed from his sickness. And because of Marukva's amazing teshuvah, whenever he would go outside, there was a candle burning from heaven. And that's why he's called Rebnosan Sutsisa in Mesech the Shabbos. Because of this amazing oil that's the Reyacholov that shines on him. Other Bali Tshuva that we're going to cover, we're going to cover Rachov, who was the woman in Yerichoi, who the two spies stayed in her house. And it says concerning Rachov, there's a few Rashis which we have in the book of Yeshua that describe the amazing teshuva of Rachel. It says when the spies who Yeshua sent them to spy out Yericho, the two spies were Kolev and Pinchas, and they come to Rachel's house. She's called a Zaina for two reasons. A, she sold Mizainas. She ran a hotel and a restaurant where she sold food. And then she had the literal Zaina, and she was also a prostitute. And the restaurant and the hotel was a cover for her prostitution business. She had a very expensive prostitution business. She had the top and most wealthy clients. And when the spies come to see her in staying in her hotel, which she was actually, and Ashi brings it, the spies, Pinchas and Kolev, are called Malachim. They're called Anoshim, they're called Neorim, they're called Malachim. And they're called Malachim because they were in the house of Rachav Azayinah, which was the most evil of places. And just like a Malach, an angel could be anywhere, and he doesn't get affected by the evil. These two people, Pinchas and Kolev, were not affected, but they were like Malachim. And Rachav speaks to them, and she wants to save them. And she tells them that all the people of Canaan are frightened. And how do I know? I know no man even has the physical strength Rachav had the top clientele for her prostitution business. And no man even has the physical strength to have a relations with a woman. Omru, they said, every single king and prince and officer, all the VIPs of Canaan had relations with Rachav Hazayinah. And now she knows that nobody anymore can have relations because they're all so frightened. And Rashi goes on to say, This Rachav was 10 years old when the Jews left Egypt. Now she is 50 years old because the Jews have been in the desert for 40 years. 
She had been a prostitute. She had committed adultery, 40 years worth of sin. So this Rachav was quite a terrible woman having sinned for 40 years with the top prostitution business. Then Rachav, she decides to save the spies, not because of her tshuva, because she wants them to save the family. But at that point when she was so inspired by these spies and their kedusha, at that point she decided to do tshuva. And there's a Rashi a bit further that says, she let them down from the rope. Rashi tells us, with this rope, the adulterous men would go up this rope by her chalain, by her window. And she says, Amra, she said, master of the world. This is my tools of trade, my sinful tools. This heaven and chalain, this rope and window, for 40 years, this was my basis of sin. And now I'm going to use this chavel and chalein, this rope and window, to save your tzaddikim. Forgive me with these. And then we read that she tells them, she saves them, and the people of the, the king of Yericho sends, comes to her, says, what's going on? And uh, she says that they came and they left, and go look for them on the mountain anyway. And... Um, she tells him to stay in the mountain for three days. Until those who are chasing you are going to come back. How does she know they're going to chase him for three days? Says Rashi. She saw with Ruach HaKadosh. That they will come back at the end of three days. So Rachav knows through Ruach HaKadosh that the search will be exactly three days. So what do we see? After 40 years of sin, and in two minutes she did teshuva, she wiped off 40 years of sin, and she moved from a low non-Jewish woman who's a, 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 the lowest of non-Jewish women, a prostitute, and she moves to the highest level of a tzaddik, as we have a Gemara in Megillah Yudala that says that there were eight Nevi'im who were all Kayhanim, who were descendants of Rachav Azaina, Generally, we have 48 Nevi'im, 48 prophets who had a prophecy that was and eight of them are descendants of Racham Azayin, including Eliyah, Baruch Sreyam, Asaya, Yirmiyah, the famous Yirmiyah, Hanavi, Chilkia, Hanamel, Shalom, Rabbi Yudas, Chulda, Hanavi'ah as well. It says here, Ben Tikva, says there, Tukhashani. So anyway, he, Gemara goes on to say that Igaira, she was Megayir, Venosva, Yeshua, Yeshua, marry her. How can these eight Nevi'im come from her with Yeshua when Yeshua had no children? It says, Yeshua, and he concludes, Yeshua had no sons, but he had daughters. And from the daughters which Yeshua had with this Rachav were born eight of the greatest Nevi'im. So that's quite an amazing thing. Now, of the amazing Bali Tshuva we have, David HaMelech, it says, Num HaGever Shehukam Ol Shehekim Ulo Shel Tshuva. David HaMelech is a sign of what it is for a person to do teshuva. We find a number of things. David had the story with Bathsheba, even though we say, David it wasn't a sin. It means it wasn't the sin of Eishashish, but it was a sin. David lost four children for it, and yet he did a full teshuva that he was forgiven. It says about David, He has no more Yitzharach because he killed it through sin. Also, we had a previous week that 
Hashem publicized to everybody that he forgave David after his death. Now, another interesting person is Shavuel. Who is Shavuel? There's a Pasuken Divri Hayamim. Shavuel ben Gershon ben Meishin, Nigid al he was working in the treasury. And there's a Gemara in Baba Basra that tells us quite an interesting thing. First of all, his name Shavuel. His name is Yohanneson. He returned to Hashem with all his heart. What is the basic history of this fellow, Shavuel? So his name is actually Yohanneson ben Gershon ben Menashe. He was actually a grandson of Meish Rabbeinu. He should be called Ben Gershon Ben Meisha, but he's called Ben Menashe. And if you look in the Sefer Shaiftim, you'll see a big nun on Menashe because it's really Meisha, but he's called Ben Menashe because he got involved. He's a nephew, a grandson of Meisha Abenu, and he got involved in idol worship like Menashe. Why did he do it? Not because he believed in idols, but because he needed to make a living and the Micha, he got involved with his idol. Micha paid better. He says over here in the Gemara in Baba Basa, Kivin Shara, David Shemomin, Fabavala David saw that this Shavuel was very drawn by money, he had a big tie to money, and his idol worship was not because he had faith issues. He believed in Hashem. He didn't have any belief in the idol at all. He didn't believe in Abedazar at all. On the contrary, people brought gifts to the Abedazar. They would tell him, don't waste money on him. This Avedazar is useless. But still, he had a desire for money, and there was good pay for Micha. So when David HaMelech saw that he loved money, David HaMelech appointed him as the treasury, and a lot of money will go through his hand. As it says, Shavuel ben Gershon ben his name is Shavuel, his name is Yehoinasan. But Rabbi Yehoinasan says, Sheshav lakel he returned to Hashem with all his heart. I wanted to go through, I have a bit higher. I missed out somehow. I didn't do these in a perfect order, but we have a bit further about the um, children of, actually this is on Yisrael, but I have, I wanted to go through the uh, Bnei Kairach. And where do we have over here? The Bnei Kairach. Bnei Kairach Mesu, and it says the Bnei Kairach did Shuvah. He brings over here, how did the tshuva of the Bnei Kairach come about? So there's a Yalkut Shemaini that says, Meisha went to the door of Dosan and Aviram, hoping to convince them to do tshuva. Dosan and Aviram did not do tshuva. But four other people did do tshuva because Meisha visited Dosan and Aviram. Four tzaddikim were saved from Gehenim. Quite interesting, you're calling them four tzaddikim. These people were of the stirrers of the friction of Kairach. Why are you calling them tzaddikim? The answer is that somebody does tshuva. It says in Tanya Perakalaf, he quotes from the Gemara, that a person, he's called a Rosh Gomer, he's called a tzaddik Gomer. So we have the Shlesha ben Eikaira and Ein ben Pelas. So Meish Rabbeinu managed to inspire the three ben Eikaira. 
to do Teshuvah. Why did the three sons of Kairach merit to do Teshuvah? When they were sitting by the father Kairach, they saw Meisha, they were put their faces to the ground. And they had a major problem. Meisha Rabbeinu came to speak to Das and Navidam, and they were there. Should we stand up for him or not? Amru, they said, if we stand up for Meishan we're going to be insulting our father. And we are commanded, honoring father and mother. If we don't stand up, it says, they say, you're supposed to get up. And Meishan is an old man, and he's a Talmud Chach. It's better that we'll stand up for Meishan even though by doing this, we'll be insulting our father, because our father's in a big war with Meish Rabbeinu. At that time, because they stood up for Meish Rabbeinu, they merited that Shuva thoughts enter their heart. Aleihem Omar David, David HaMelech says, I think it's in Tilim Memhei, my heart had good thoughts. Why did my heart have good thoughts? Because I stood up for Meish Rabbeinu. He says, The Medrash Tilim says, They couldn't do a verbal confession. But Kivin was only in their heart. They never verbalized it. Nevertheless, Hashem accepted their Shuvah. There's an amazing Rashi in Parsha Pinchas. The story of the Shuvah in B'nai Kairach is mentioned in Parsha Pinchas, which is 39 years later. And it's mentioned, not as in the, there we count the Yidin Parshas Pinchas, each Shevet. And the story of B'nai Kairach, they're from the this tribe of Levi, but they're not mentioned with the tribe of Levi. They're rather mentioned with the tribe of Reuven. It says in the, they're mentioned, we have over there the descendants of Reuven, and then we have the sinners of Reuven. These are Dasan Avidam, the people were called who fought with Meish Rabbeinu when they fought against Hashem. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them in Kairach when the fire consumed the 250 people. So there's a number of questions which the Rebbe asks on this. How come this is in Parsha Pinchas? We should have it in Parsha Kairach. And why is it with Shevet Rubin? It should be with Shevet Levi. And he says that the question is, why is it mentioned? And the answer is, you know why it's mentioned with Ruvain? Because B'nai Kairach are next to Dasan and Avidam. They were troublemakers equal to Dasan and Avidam. Rashi says, They were part of the plan. They were from the main stirrers of the story of Kairach. And Bishas Hamachlaikis Hiru Chuva Baliva. They had a Hiru Chuva, they had thoughts of Chuva. Lafikov Nisbatzer Lambok and Gavaya Beganim. They had a high place in Ganim. The Yashvu Sham, and they sat over there. And they sat in this Mokim Gavaya Beganim for. They sat in this Mokim Gavaya Beganim for 39 years. And their punishment was to see all those people who they caused to sin. Actually, the Rebbe explains. That there was a big problem what to do with Bnei Kairach, because Meish Rabbeinu said, if anybody survives from these people, Hashem didn't send me. Nobody knew that Bnei Kairach did Shuvah. 
So what's supposed to happen? If they remain alive, everybody's going to say Hashem didn't send Moshe. To have them die, they did show in their heart. So the answer was they ended up in a Malkin Gavaya big Gehenim, a high place in Gehenim, where they stayed there for 39 years till that whole generation perished. And then they came back. Okay. Just amongst Bali Tshuva, um, some others that I want to mention just briefly that did Tshuva is Shavi Ben Nachash. The Medish Tilim brings that Shavi Ben Nachash is Hanan Ben Nachash, who was a king of Amun who fought David. And why is he called Shavi? Shayashav Yitzrael Lashah. Either one opinion says he controlled his Yitzhara for a short amount of time. And Rav says, he did a full tshuva. Now there's various levels of tshuva. One of the most amazing stories of tshuva is of Menashe ben Cheskia, who there's a whole shaylin, after his tshuva, if he has Elam Haba. The Tanakam over there says that there are three kings who have no Elam Haba, and one of them is Menashe. Though he did tshuva, his tshuva is no good. The Rabbonon say, if somebody says, Rabbi Yehuda says, if somebody says, Menashe ben Cheskia does not have Elam Haba, he's closing the way for Bali Tshuva. Rashi brings that Menashe ben Cheskia sinned for 22 years, and then he did Tshuva for 33 years. So why is his Tshuva so terrible? The story of Menashe ben Cheskia, he had been in Ayyad Avedizara, he had served all the idols. And then the Babylonians captured him, and they put him in a pot. And they were going to cook him. And he had minutes left to live. And he started davening to all the Avedas Zodas. And of course, nothing came of it. And then he said, I once heard from my father that no matter what, a person should not stop davening and Hashem will help. So let me see, Hashem, if you're any better than these Avedas Zodas. And he started davening to Hashem. And he did a big chil Hashem because he said, if you don't answer, you're no better than the Avedas Zodas. So Hashem made a miracle. And a, a tornado wind, a big wind came and blew him out of his pot and blew him straight to Yerushalayim. And he regained his kingdom for another 33 years. The question is, does he get Olam Haba from such a tshuva or not? On one hand, the Iker tshuva is Hazivas Hachet. He did stop doing Avedis. On the other hand, the tshuva was very weak. Okay, we are, um, just to mention, first of all, I'm going to mention that the next few Wednesdays during Chodesh Tishrei, it's not likely that we're going to have any shiurim next week is same Gedalia, and after that is well, uh, Yom Kippur night, and after that is Talmud Sukkot. So I'm assuming that our next year is going to be uh, the day after Simchas Torah. And the main thing is, so everybody will all do Teshuvah and will be redeemed, and uh, we'll have a Gula Hamitnas Fashlema straight away.